So today I'm starting a new series, and this month, one of the Sundays this month is Father's Day. Um, and the title of, of, of this series for the month of June is, on Sundays, is God is for you. Or you can say it, God is for me. Say that. God is for us. That's the title of, of the message in whatever way you want to say it or tense you want to put it in. He's for us. He's for me. He's for us individually. God is for us. And um, I really encourage you not to miss these messages. If you're out, if you're not in service, make sure to download them and listen to them because you will get some, you, you get some valuable truths and nuggets from these messages that I believe that you need in your life. It's a very important series that God's put together in my heart that I'm sharing with you today. But I want to I say this to you. Um, I consider it a huge honor to bring and to preach the Word of God to you. I consider it a huge honor. Um, I, I consider it a huge honor to be used by God, that God would trust me to preach to people. I, it's an honor. It's not, it's not something that I take for granted. The Bible says in James chapter 3 and verse 1, don't many of you desire to be teachers or leaders because there is much that is expected out of your life. And... and no one told me that when I had an aspiration and a desire to, to pastor and to be in the role that I'm in in the beginning. There's much that's expected. You, you get away with nothing. Nothing. You look around sometimes, you think people just can do whatever they want to and they get away with all kinds of things. Nobody gets away with anything. But in this role, you know, what, what, what's, what's vitally important is that not, not that you just preach the word, but that you live what you preach. So you can't preach something, and then 15 minutes later, after you leave here, you know, you're in your emotions, and you're acting, you know, like the devil himself, and all these kind of things. You, 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 can't, you can't preach something that you're not living. And I'm not saying that it's perfected in me. Don't think that for a second. But I'm talking about it's been developed, and it's being developed, and it's working, and it's a work in progress that I take very serious. But when I look out to you, I, I'm grateful and thankful that you would be here to hear the word from me. I don't, I don't know why I just felt like I was to tell you that today, that it is a huge honor to preach the word of God to you. Amen? Amen. So... Psalm 124, Psalm 124, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to build a foundation um, today on what we're going to talk about for the rest of the month, and I'm, I'm going to build a foundation and I'm going to say it over and over and over again in a number of different ways that God is for you. And I know that 
more people than not don't believe that God is for them. I'm talking about Christian people. Now, if you ask them that question, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about day-to-day and in the experiences that they go through and the way that we can be moved by things emotionally and how we can have a perception of the way God views us in a situation because of mistakes that we've made. And I'm going to prove to you, lay a foundation today, that there's one that's for you and there's one against you. And what you and I have to learn to do is to be able to separate the one that's for us with the one that's against us. Because the one that is for us was for us before we even were. The one that's against us is against us because he hates us. (laughs) He's jealous of us. He has no access into the presence of God. He has no way into the glory of God and the things of God that you and I have such access into. And he hates our guts and he's against us. He's not for us. Today we're just going to lay a foundation of separating that because we're leading up to something on Father's Day where we see God the Father as being somebody that is for us and not against us. I mean, I got chills all over my body just saying it. I've been meditating on it so much that it's just consuming me that God is for me and not against me. God is for you, and he's not against you. He's for you. Psalm 124 in verse 1. Wow. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side... Let Israel say, actually, um, do you have that in the NIV? Can you put that in the NIV for me? I want you to to see the way it's worded here. There we go. Okay, verse 1. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side... When people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped, for my help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can someone shout amen? Man, if the Lord were not for us, if the Lord were not on our side, if the Lord was not in our arena, if he wasn't with us, 
All these different things could have happened in our lives when people came against us, when accusations made against you, when this, that, or the other had happened. If the Lord wasn't for us, no telling what could have happened. But the Lord is my helper. Amen? He's the God that created heaven and earth, and He helps me. Say that. He helps me. Glory to Jesus. He is our helper. Look at, look at uh, back up a, a tad and look at, um, where am I going? Psalm 118. And verse 6. We, we, we'll read that in the New King James. Okay, give me verse 6 there. All right, these three lines right here, let's read these together. Ready? Read. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Verse 7, the Lord is for me among those who help me, therefore I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust the Lord than to put your confidence in man. As I always tell you this over and over again, you can read comments, you can read verses of Scripture like this, but you have to work that out within your soul, in your thinking, in your heart. That Certain things like that have to be worked out because... Where people have been against you, okay, where people and situations have been against you, they're different than your neighbors. So I could give you an example of how the enemy's been against me or something's been against me, but it may not totally 100% relate to how he's been against you, but the example and, and the things that you hear, you glean from that, and then you learn to process that and line that up with what you're facing because God is the same for all of us. He's with you. He's for you. He's on your side. He's your helper. He's here for you and he's not against you in any way, shape, or form. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Now, actually... That verse of Scripture is in the New Testament, or in in a specific way, in Romans 8 and verse 31. Let's look at that. Romans 8 and 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? What's the answer to that? If God is for you. The answer to that is nobody can be against you if God is really for you. What does that mean? That means i got to believe He's really for me in every situation, every day, no matter what I face, I've got to believe that God is for me. If God be for me, who can be against me Nobody, if I believe God is for me. Now, what I want to do is just take 
a little journey through a few verses of Scripture. And we're going to look at the devil. We're going to look at the enemy. And we're going to look at what the Bible calls him in several different places. Now, you know, I'm, you know, you've been around here very long. I'm not big on preaching on the devil, right? We're not about him. He's defeated. But sometimes people can get so far on the ditch that they don't even acknowledge that there is a devil. I promise you there's a devil because the Bible says there is. But we don't want to get in the ditch on the other side. That's all we ever focus on. Because what God has done has been a great thing, and he's liberated us and set us free. So there's a middle ground and a balance in there that we got to find and, and, and gravitate towards so that we understand, because the Bible says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices and give the devil no place. So you have to know how to give him no place. First, you, you have to know who he is, and let's just look at a couple things that the Bible says about who he is. Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. This is 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Everybody say, he's for me. Um, if If you look at that verse in... I have a Greek lexicon Bible, and, and in there, it, it defines this verse out, and, and the way it, it words it is, cast all your care on him because he can care for the care better you can care for the care, right? But he cares for you. God is for you and not against you. Can you say amen? Be sober. What's Sober. Not drunk, right? When you're drunk, you're kind of a little loose and can be kind of idiotic and do stupid things and not aware and those kind of things. He said, be sober and aware, be vigilant, because you're who? <clears throat> your adversary. Who, who is he? He's, he's your opponent. He's the one that's against you. God is for you, and there's one against you. Right? And if God be for you, then who can be against you? The answer is nobody. But in that Romans 8.31 verse, what, what, what I find there is, is that, okay, so, so think about this for a moment. So God is for me, so that means there's no devil against me because God's for me. Because nobody can be against me. No, the Bible says there's an adversary. There's one that's against you. He's working overtime, and he's more faithful than most Christians are to do the will of God. He's faithful to make sure that your life can be miserable. He wants you to be miserable on earth, on planet. He really didn't, I don't really think he cares who gets saved or who doesn't. He just wants you to live a miserable life because he's miserable. But this is, this is the way it processes to me. If God be for me, and I believe that, then no opponent against me can succeed. I'll say it again. If God be for me, and I believe he is for me, then no opponent 
that would be against me can succeed. There is an opponent because the Bible says there is. And he tells us what to do to watch, to be, don't, 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 don't be stupid, don't be unaware, don't ignore it, but be aware of what's going on. Be aware that there's a devil out there and that he's after you, okay? But, but realize God is for you. He's already defeated him. He has no power over you. And we're going to see in Scripture in a minute the things that he uses against us to try to convince us that God really isn't for us. Say it again, God is for me. I'm telling you, God is for you. I don't care what it looks like. God is for you. And if God is for you, then no devil or demon in hell can be successful against you in anything that happens, no matter what it looks like today, he can't succeed against you if you don't quit. And you stay faithful to grow in revelation that God is for you. I'm telling you today, God is on your side. He's your helper. He's for you. And if God be for me, nobody can succeed against me. Can you say amen? Your adversary, the devil, your adversary, the devil, your opponent, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Everybody's, everybody has an opponent. Every human being on planet earth has one that is for them, and there's one against them. If you never believe, if you never get born again, and then you can be born again and still not believe that God is for you. I'm saying the majority of people don't believe that God is really for them. Say it again, God is for me. You're going to get really, I, I, I'm not going to say you're going to get tired, you're going to get really excited about the fact that God is for you by the time this series is over with, because you're going to say that over and over and over again, God is for us. I'm telling you today, God is for you. And your adversary, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion, seeking someone who he can devour and convince that God is not for them. And there's reasons why. And there's two things that heaven has record of that has taken place. There's two things, and we're going to look at that in a scripture in a moment. There's two things that record has, that heaven has record of that has taken place, and one of them is something that God did, and the other one is something that you and I have done. And when I say you and I, I'm talking about humanity. Humanity has done this because heaven saw it. Two things. To overcome the lies from the pit of hell that God cannot do what he said he would do. That God is not for us, he's against us. No, you have somebody that's for you, and you have somebody that's against you. Amen? And if God be for you, nobody can succeed against you, even when it looks like that's what's happening. If you believe, and you're developing a belief system inside of you, that God is for you. Can you say amen? Verse 10, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you've suffered a while will perfect, establish, strength, and settle you to him be glory and dominion forever. Amen. What's the suffering that we go through? It's, it's developing the revelation. The suffering is, is when your head's telling you that God is not for you. 
And the word is telling you that you are, the battle and the suffering that you go for is extracting your belief system that tells you God is not for you and get the revelation that it's the enemy that's against you, not God. And if God is for you, then nobody can succeed against you. And when that revelation begins to be developed and you never stop, it's win-win. The rest of your life will be a success in the things that you do. I didn't say there wouldn't be battles. I said the rest of your life would be a success. Because this is what it takes. This is what it takes to succeed and to overcome and to live a life on top where God is. That's what he created you and I to live. It's the place he created us to live. Now, look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And uh, actually, I'm going to... I'm just going to start reading from verse 7. And this is the picture and the account that heaven has about what we're talking about today. And a war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. Who is it? The serpent of old, called the devil and Satan. So it's who we're talking about, right? Okay? Everybody got that? That's when he was cast out. Who deceives the whole world. What's one of the main things that the devil has? He only has a couple of weapons, two or three weapons against us, and the number one weapon that he has is deception. If you live and operate deceived, then the enemy has you around the neck, and he'll control everything that you do because you're deceived, not understanding what God is trying to get to you and what he's trying to get over to you. He deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Verse verse, uh, 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Everybody say in heaven. This is an account in heaven of these two things that have been established for you and I. Now salvation and strength And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren. That's another thing. He operates in deception, but he's an accuser. And he goes before God to accuse you and and to, to, to declare to God that mistakes and things that you've made in life should keep you from living the high life. Living the prosperous life, living the healed life, living the delivered life. He's constantly accusing you before the Father of all the mistakes that you made. That's what he does. Everybody say, the devil is against me, but I don't care. Can you say amen? Say it it like you mean it. I don't care. Come on, say it really loud. I don't care. We don't care that he's against us. God before me. Nobody can succeed against me. And the only one that you need to be concerned about is your next door neighbor. No. No. You don't need to be concerned about any human being. You need to be concerned with the devil to the point that you don't let him deceive you and you don't allow his accusations to take root or place inside of you. You are who God says you are. Can you say amen to that? So this is the account from heaven. 
The accuser of our, uh, see I'm in, uh, right in the middle of verse 10. The accuser of our brethren who accused them before God, how often? Day and night, man, he's a faithful dude. Day and night and every lunch break. Amen? Day and night, day and night, day and night has been cast down and they, who's they? Who's they? It's us. This is the account from heaven about what they, we did as a result of what he did. Watch this. He did one thing and we did something else. And I'm telling you today, because of what he did, the one thing he did, you and I have the ability and power to do this one thing that we're called to do. And it says in verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, number one, and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. They overcame, he, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. He did his part. And they overcame by the word of their testimony. We do our part by declaring and acknowledging the greatness of God and what he's accomplished and giving the devil no place. And every thought that comes to our mind that our whole series we talked about in the last two months, that we renew our mind. He desires above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul is prospering, your mind is renewed, your thinking is changed, your heart condition is changing, you believe God is for you, and the enemy that is against you will not succeed no matter what in the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen in the house today. Glory to God. Amen? Woo! That's enough to sweat over right there. <clears throat> Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. And that's what he is. I promise you, he's got great wrath. But only to those that receive it. Only those that allow it. Only those that allow themselves to be in the trap believing that God's not big enough to be for me because of what I've done in the past or the situation that I face. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Ephesians 1.4, just look at this verse. I want, I, want, I want to remind you of this. We've read this a lot in the last couple of years, but I'm reminding you of this. <clears throat> Sometimes people can say, well, you know, well, you know, God's not for me or God's this or, you know, God never does anything for me or, you know, hey, if you're saved, he did everything for you, right? Even if you're not saved, he did everything for you. But if you're saved, you, you, God wants you in a position of receiving all that he's done for you. And verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose you and I before the foundation of the world. God chose us, in other words, the blood of Jesus was already factored in before the foundation of the world. He did his part before Adam and Eve were even created. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost had a board meeting before the foundation of the world, and they said, you know what, we're factoring this in and this in and this in, and the blood of Jesus was already factored in for your and my sake before the foundation of the world. He chose you. For you to think God is not for you, and yet probably in the last three weeks, I've read at least no less than 25 times in, in the Bible that God chose us because he loved us, not because we did everything right. 
He chose us because he loved us. God chose you. That's how much he is for you. He's on your side. He's your helper. He, he wants to see you overcoming, and you have to embrace that. Remember, we're, we got our part to play here. His blood was shed by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome the enemy. And on a day-to-day basis, that blood, it, listen, that blood already overcame, so it's not overcoming day-to-day. But me embracing that and realizing that God is for me day to day is what causes the blood to work for me in every situation. Can you say amen to that? And God wants your words to line up with what he did. That's my part. Amen? Listen, the last part of that verse was, and they didn't love their lives even to the death. Loving your life by being consumed with self-pity, woe is me, nothing good ever happens to me, this, you know, this isn't happening, this, this thing isn't changing in my life or whatever. When you're in that place, you're loving your life and loving what's not happening more than you're acknowledging how great he is and what he's already done. Our part is to take what the blood of Jesus did and line that up and reinforce that every day in our own lives. That's, that is where it says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is enforcing what the blood of Jesus did. See, it's not the word of our testimony in itself, by itself, having power to do anything. The word of my testimony, when it lines up with what the blood of Jesus accomplishes, uh, has already accomplished then I'm reinforcing day to day the victory I have. And and the more I do that, as I was reading those verses of Scripture, I had cold chills just running up and down my arms over the fact that God is with me. God is for me. God is my helper. There's There's nothing that can't happen in life according to my heart's desires if God is for me. You say, well, you know, I I believe for this and I've not seen this come to pass or whatever. Listen, you stay with him, it'll come to pass. And if what it is that you're believing for isn't correct with what his will is, he'll line that will up and then he brings it to pass. The Bible says that. Say, God is for me. God truly is for us and not against us. Can you say amen to that? You know, um, I'm going I'm to end with these two passages, uh, one in, uh, starting in 1 John 1. Let's look at that. Um, I've had, I've had a, many people through the years ask me this question. You know, um, people that heard some teaching about the devil and those kind of things, and and then become then what happens is when, when see if you talk too much about the devil and you focus on him then people begin to get nervous that he's going to get you know a f- kind of a foot in the door and and uh, he's going to get be able to work and worm his way in and do all these kind of things so people start getting afraid of the devil if the devil could he'd take us all out but the devil can't take you out Why? God's for you. 
devil can't take you out. God's for you. He, he can't ruin your life. God is for you. But the problem is, we spent, people have spent, I'm just saying in general, have spent too much time meditating on what's not working instead of being grateful for what has worked and what will work and having expectation about the future. God is for us. And nothing, no opponent, no adversary against us can be successful if God is for me. Everybody say if. Say it again. Say it again. If, 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 if God is for me. And, and, and if, to answer if God is for me could be a different answer than what it would be for Dale. See? Because I can't answer for Dale or for you. You can't answer for me. I can only answer for myself. So the scripture says, if God is for us, so I'm saying it like this, if God is for me, and I'm saying he is, then nothing can succeed against me, and I know that for a fact. There's absolutely no way for anything to succeed against me. I don't care what it looks like. And I'm not living my life thinking, okay, yeah, but it looks like over here. No, I don't care what it looks like. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I know. Nothing that is against me can succeed because God is for me. Stop and think about it. The creator of the universe is for you. How can you not succeed in any and every single thing that you do? It's impossible. God is for us. He's for us. Amen? 1 John 1 and verse 5. <clears throat> this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Who, who's the one bringing deception in the earth? It's the enemy, right? It's, 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 it's the devil himself, that, that his demons that want to deceive us into thinking these things. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, go back to verse 5. This is the message that we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is for you and nothing can be against you. Let's just say it like that. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and we walk in the darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. Okay? So if you're lying, what do you do? Get rid of the lying. Did anywhere in there say that your lying's going to send you to hell? Anywhere in there does it say that if you're not being truthful with yourself, you know, that God's going to drop kick you out of the kingdom? It doesn't say anything about it. He said, he said point blank. If you're saying this and it's not happening, you're lying, so what do we do? Quit lying to ourselves. Now watch. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, if we're developing in us this revelation that God is for me, and we're developing fellowship with one another and connecting, and we're allowing the blood of Jesus that cleansed us from all sin to cleanse us from all sin, then we're cleansed from all sin because we believe it. 
Why? Because we know God is for us, and the lies the enemy's trying to tell us, well, you know, you'll never do anything. You know, so-and-so, you know, so-and-so's accomplishing this, and they're, they're doing this, and they, they did this thing, and they're doing this in business, or they're doing this in ministry, or they're doing this over here and there. They're doing all this, but it's not going to work for you because you were ugly, and you said ugly things, and you did all these kind of things. But, it, but see, listen, if we say, if we say that we're forgiven, yet we're not walking in forgiveness, or we're not being truthful. If we say we are doing what the Bible says to do, but it's not producing, then we got to just check our heart. Well, that's, you're going to be checking your heart for the rest of your life. You're going to live that way for the rest of your life. Not to get under the mistakes that we make, because if you get under, the enemy will deceive you and think you, he'll, he'll make you believe you're disqualified from being on the receiving end of all that God has for you, because God is for you, he's not against you, and nothing against you can succeed, even if it looks like today he is, because you're still working through something, just work through it. Just be honest and truthful. Just get all the lying out, and get the truthfulness established on the inside, and there's no end to what will happen, because God is for you. Listen, God, here's God right here. He's for you. Okay? And that will never move. Nothing you'll ever do in life will move him from that position that he is for you. And where he wants you is right here. Can you be moved? Yeah. This thing can push you. Or that thing can push you. Or this thought can worry you out and try to convince you of this or that or the other. But I'm telling you, God is for you and that will never move. Amen? And God wants you and I believing that so that nothing that, boom, okay, some, you're here, boom, something hits you, yeah, but that's all right, God's for me. Boom, over here, yeah, yeah, that's all right, God's for me. Yeah, boom, yeah. But then, then, a, then something comes, boom, and all of a sudden, boom. Hmm? So you don't even move. The only time you move is, is as you're lowering that blow. As you're lowering that right uppercut, poof, right in the, right in the face. <laughs> Not taking that mess. God is for me. Who do you think you are? Tell me that lie. Does that empower us? And, and, but does that empower us to stay in the mistakes or the lying or the things that we've done? No, that empowers me to get rid of it. The power is in the seed itself to be liberated from the wrong things that I do. It's in the seed itself. That's why by the blood of the Lamb and me enforcing what the blood of the Lamb accomplished is the word of my testimony that establishes what we're talking about today. God is for us and no opponent against us can succeed in the name of Jesus. Mm. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. Glory to Jesus. Look at verse... 1 and 2 of chapter 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for all those of the whole world. He's the one that stood in for our sins. So if God is for you, Nobody can be against you, no matter what you've done. Everybody say this after me. I am forgiven. And you've got to believe that. 
I promise you, you got to believe you are forgiven. And I would encourage you, as I do every day, every morning, I don't care if I need to or not, I, I remind myself every morning, part of my confession every morning is I am forgiven. And I thank God. Lord, not only am I forgiven, but you've empowered me to overcome so I don't have to deal with unforgiveness. I can overcome unforgiveness as it comes. Remember, it'll come. It'll, here he is. That's who he is. He's for you. And that tries to come. And the, and the more you do this, the less it gets. And then, poo, poo, then you're in. Then you're actually in the ring doing the swinging and letting him know he will not prevail in your life. Can you say amen to that? Now go back to Romans 8 and I'll end with this. Just laying a foundation today that there's one for you and one against you. Romans 8. And we read, well, let's, let's read verse 31 again and then we'll read just past that. What should we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall, we, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is God, it is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God? who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things... We are more than conquerors. Shall tribulation? Poof. No. Right? Shall distress? Poof. No. Shall anguish? Poof. No. Shall poverty? No. Poof. Back. In all these things we overcome. Why? Because we acknowledge what the blood has accomplished and with our words we are enforcing daily, every day what he's done for us. We're enforcing it every single day. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I don't love my life even to the death. I don't care. It's not about my life. It's about how great he is. Amen? It's about what he's done. If God be for me, then nobody can be against. Look at these last two verses. Paul said, verse 38, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me. Hmm? Shall be able to separate me. You know, you know those little kids things, that, that, that little deal that you hit and it goes all the way down it pops back up. That's what God wants us to be. I mean, listen. I mean, we, we can see if for a person to say that they're looking for a place in life where there's no trials, no tests, no troubles, no things, you know, coming against you. I mean, you just need to pray that you die. 
because that's not going to happen, okay? But what we're becoming, what we are and what we're becoming is people that we may go down, but man, we're coming back up. We may go this side, but we're coming back up. This thing, that thing, I don't care what it is, it's not separating me from the love of God. My feet are in stone. I'm staying right here. God is for me and he's not against me and he'll never move from that place, no matter what we do. So I'm telling you today, I don't care what you've ever done. I don't care what sin that you've ever committed in life. We've done a whole series on it, on what real sin is. You, you know, people think of, well, you know, doing this thing or that thing or this bad thing or whatever, that's sin. No, that's the acts of it. Sin is just disobeying what God would want you to do in a situation. That, that's what sin is. God wants you delivered of that. But I promise you, he's not holding you accountable for every sin that you've committed in life. He's forgiven you. Yeah, we'll be judged at the judgment seat of Christ on the judgment day. We'll be judged for the things that we didn't repent of. But listen, you've got a lot of time. You can repent of things and make changes in your life. And when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to stand there and go, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in what I wanted you to do. That's what I want to hear. Because I'm not afraid to admit. You know what? I've not been totally truthful about that. You know what? I've acted ugly right there. I need to change that. You know what? You know why? Because I, I want to be right in the middle of God being for me and nothing being able to be against me and being, I mean, just living my life where I lavishly, in my life, I live a lavish life of giving. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. If I'm after the receiving, I'm after the wrong thing. When I live my life to give, then I receive. God wants you to be on the receiving end of all that he's already done for you. God be for you. The enemy, the liar, the serpent of old will never succeed against you because of the blood of Jesus. Man, 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 man.